Hello everybody, and welcome to The Golden Legend, a poet's plunge into the history of the church. I am your host, Danny Collins. This, this is going to serve as sort of an episode zero. We're not going to get into so much history today other than my own. We're going to kind of do an overview of, of the plan of the podcast, my own sort of point of view, how I'm coming at it. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm Danny Collins, um, I'm a poet, I'm a Catholic, I'm not a historian, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a philosopher. What I, what I'm doing is, um, trying to write these large, you know, big religious epic poems, sort of like Dante or Milton that type of poem. I've still got a lot of work to do to get as good at writing poetry as Dante or Milton, but, you know, that's the genre of poem I'm writing. And, you know, I've, I've studied literature and poetry for a number of years in order to do that, but when you're writing something on the scale of what I'm trying to do, it studying just literature isn't enough. Um, you know, you've got to study philosophy and theology and history and, you know, a number of other things in order to, you know, have something worth putting into the poem. So I've kind of become, you know, an amateur in those subjects. And especially as when it comes to history... You know, I've really taken a, a big interest, especially into the, the history of the church. Um, and sort of, sort of what my idea here is, is that I would like to, I guess what I do when I'm writing the poets, poetry, is I take, I take the history and I sort of, you know, I... I spin it into the poems, you know, it's, I'm not writing a history of the church, I'm writing good poems that I, you know, I use the history for, and I thought I would like to kind of reverse that by, you know, looking at, you know, trying to do history through the context of being a poet. Um, so this isn't going to be so much uh, like informative. I mean, I hope it will be informative to some degree, but that's not the, the primary purpose of what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is, is kind of a meditation, I suppose, of reflections on the history in a way that kind of lets me go off into fun little side roads of, you know, theology and philosophy and poetry as these things come up in the, in the histories that we're going to read. Now, first of all, let me explain the name of the podcast. Um, the Golden Legend is a book by uh, Jacobus de Voragine. He was a medieval sort of hagiologist. 
basically what the golden legend is is the lives of the saints uh, it starts at the beginning of the liturgical year in advent and works its way through kind of day by day feast by feast um th let me read what the catholic encyclopedia has to say about the golden legend give you a give you a sense if we are to judge the golden legend from an historical standpoint, we must condemn it as entirely uncritical and hence of no value, except insofar as it teaches us that the people of those times were an extremely naive and thoroughly religious people, permeated with an unshakable belief in God's omnipotence and his fatherly care for those who lead a saintly life. If, on the other hand, we view the golden legend as an artistically composed book of devotion, we must admit that it is a complete success. It is admirably adapted to enhance our love and respect towards God, to foster our devotion towards his saints, and to animate us with a holy zeal to follow their example. The chief object of Jacobo de Voragine and of other medieval hagiologists was not to compose reliable biographies or to write scientific treaties of, for the learned, but to write books of devotion that were adapted to the simple manners of the common people. So, like, this, this golden legend is pure hagiography. It's got all the, it's got all the fun stuff of people carrying their heads around after decapitation, preaching the gospel, um, miracles, wonders, all the good stuff that the snobby might be a little hard of a word, but you know, that the, the snobby historical critical method people kind of turn their noses up at. But why would I why would I name my podcast about church history after a book of hagiology? Well, the thing is that the, the works we're going to be using, specifically we're going to be starting with Eusebius's Ecclesiastical History. It's just chock full with hagiology. I would say half to two-thirds of the book is you know, miraculous, wonderful stories that people would turn their noses up at in the same way they would have the golden legend. So we need a... We need a manifesto. We need a, a, a groundwork for how we're going to deal with hagiography when it comes up. So let me introduce Eusebius's ecclesiastical history for you a little bit. Um, and then... We'll talk a little bit more about the difference between history and hagiography and how we're going to deal with them as they come up. Eusebius was the bishop of Caesarea, and about, you know, he was born in 260, he died sometime before 341. Um, this is what the Catholic Encyclopedia says about his work. Now, uh, all of the quotes that I'm using from both the Catholic Encyclopedia and um, Eusebius's Ecclesiastical History are going to be coming from the website New Advent. 
Uh, they're going to be in the show notes. They're always going to be in the show notes um, for all the episodes going forward. I think New Advent is a, a great resource for this. It has all the church fathers. It has, you know, scripture that I can pull quotes from. It's got the Catholic Encyclopedia. So I'll always be putting the links to the pages where I'm pulling this stuff from. So the Catholic Encyclopedia about Eusebius. It would be difficult to overestimate the obligation which posterity is under to Eusebius for this monumental work. Living during the period of transition, when the old order was changing and all connected with it was passing into oblivion, he came forward at the critical moment with his immense stores of learning and preserved priceless treasures of Christian antiquity. This is the great merit of the church history. It is not a literary work which can be read with any pleasure for the sake of its style. Eusebius's diction, as Photius says, is never pleasant nor clear. Neither is it the work of a great thinker, but it is a storehouse of information collected by an indefatigable student. So, I mean, that's the same encyclopedia that's making, you know, this kind of distinction between Eusebius's history and uh, Jacobo's hagiography. But, like I said, I mean, you know, there is, there's, History, there's certainly more history in Eusebius than there is in Jacobo. I mean, it's just the nature of the works they were making. But to, to talk about Eusebius in such glowing terms when he is just as full of hagiography as Jacobo is, I think it's a little, a little patronizing because it's, it's almost like saying, okay, we can deal with, you know, the wonders and miracles as long as there's some gleaning of fact that we can pull out. And, okay, so it's it's a great work because we're able to pull some scientific data or something from it. As far as this podcast goes, the center of the podcast is Jesus Christ. And we're going to be reading the hagiography and the historical passages with exactly the same goal in mind. Even if we're going to take two roads to reach it, we're reading both in order to find Christ. And in both cases, our teacher is the Holy Spirit. And the broad historical facts that serve as a backdrop for the wonders of the saints, the Holy Spirit shows us his plan for the church, how he's shaping it to bear witness to Christ in the world. And but it's the lives of the saints and the witness that they show that makes up, you know, the, the matter of that witness of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the, the light of living saints among us now who we're able to enter into relationship with, they're the, the best and most true witness of Christ on earth. You know, we find Christ in our neighbor, and we become Christ for our neighbor. But we also want to, you know, we want to interact with the witness of the great saints that have passed before us. But in order to do that, historical fact is insufficient. You know, it becomes a literary exercise. The task of all writing 
is to you know capture human essence and words in order for you to enter into something like a relationship with them I mean the author of the golden legend is trying to do the same thing that you know Charles Dickens did when he wrote Great Expectations whether it's Pip or St. Christopher you know the the literary strategies involved exist in order for us to have an emotional relationship with the person and so this podcast is very much pro miracles not because we're going to be interrogating whether or not all of them are perfectly factual i think a lot of them are i certainly believe in miracles i'm not some sort of skeptic about miracles but the point of this isn't to interrogate and to prove or disprove the historical fact of any specific wonder or miracle the point of this podcast is to try to grow in relationship with the saints in order to grow deeper into a relationship with christ and both the stories of the saints and the history serve that same purpose and we're going to be using them in the same way of you know kind of taking the the text and seeing what you know philosophical or theological fancies spring to my poetry addled mind in order to serve as decent meditations on christ and his creation and his church now we're going to start with the very beginning of the ecclesiastical history written by eusebius this is going to serve both as an a good introduction to eusebius's work as a plan of both his book and my podcast and it's going to let you get a taste for the format of how this podcast is actually going to work from here on out um I've, I'm kind of talking on the talking on the fly for this first part. Um, just kind of what pops into my head. I have a few notes that I was going from, but throughout the podcast, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a passage from Eusebius, and then hopefully later other writers. And I, I've basically written out what pops into my head just in order to make it clear I don't want to pause so much to come to my next thought kind of like I've been doing above so these aren't going to be you know full essays they're not going to be very strictly organized they are still just kind of the the thoughts that pop into my head as we go along I've just, I'm going to be reading them from when they popped into my head the first time I read them, just so it's a little, <clears throat> a little bit more easy to listen to, alright? So this is the plan of the work for Eusebius's church history. It is my purpose to write an account of the lines of succession of the holy apostles, as well of the times that have elapsed from the days of our Savior to our own, 
and to relate the many important events that are said to have occurred in the history of the church, and to mention those who have governed and presided over the church in the most prominent parishes, and those who in each generation have proclaimed the divine word, either orally or in writing. It is my purpose also to give the names and number and dates of those who, through love of innovation, have run into the greatest errors, and proclaiming themselves discoverers of knowledge falsely so called, have like fierce wolves mercilessly devastated the flock of Christ. Okay, so his first purpose is the account of the succession of the apostles. This is an age of Gnostics and folks considering the faith to be, you know, one of these new mystery cults that's always coming from the East. Eusebius is very dedicated to showing the connective tissue that leads back to Christ. Because apostolic authority is the guarantor of a saint's witness, the function of infallibility is to protect the teaching zeal of the saints witness so that they don't go so far and spill into heresy by going too far specifically here the way eusebius differentiates between heretics and orthodox is by their attachment to the apostles this is going to come up again and again especially with regards to scripture the authority of the ancient use of certain scriptures is how Eusebius determines whether or not a scripture should be in the canon. All right, back to Eusebius here. It is my intention, moreover, to recount the misfortunes that immediately came upon the whole Jewish nation in consequence of their plots against our Savior. Okay, we're not going to be glossing over the church's problematic history with the Jews or the Muslims or the modern world. We're also not just going to condemn it without comment. Um, the purpose of studying this history is to acknowledge the errors of the past, but also to find a better way. When we get to the actual discussion of, you know, the Jewish war and all that, uh, I'm going to have quite a lot to say, but we're not just going to be skipping over it, and we're not going to pretend like a lot of the early church wasn't and early church, medieval church, all the church. There's definitely an anti-Semitic problem. There's definitely a... There's problems. There's human sinful problems that we're not going to be ignoring. All right. Back to Eusebius. And to record the ways and times in which divine word has been attacked by the Gentiles, and to describe the character of those who at various periods have contended for it in the face of blood and tortures, as well as the confessions which have been made in our own days, and finally the gracious and kindly succor which our Savior has afforded them all. This is where all the, the good stuff's going to be found. Martyrs, preachers, cruel emperors, lions, fires, saints, sinners, the lot. This is the stuff that will be full of wonders and miracles that the stuffy encyclopedia writers might despise, but that's what we're going to lean into. Since I propose to write of all these things, I shall commence my work with the beginning of the dispensation of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, this is key. We always start with Christ. We always end with Christ. 
Christ is the center and Christ is the soul of this whole history. I mean, history flows from him, through him, toward him. He's the king of creation and the king of this podcast. In the first episode, it's going to be all about Christ, especially Christ in the Old Testament. And it's going to be a few episodes where we're just talking about Christ in the Gospels, Christ acting throughout history. And I think that's important, as will be explained when we actually get into the history. For now, I'm going to play you out with Eusebius' own plea for indulgence and help with his new project. I make it my own, and I invite you to contact me at goldenlegendpod at gmail.com if you have any comments, corrections, praise, blame, ideas, or if you just want to say hi. Uh, that email is going to be in the show notes as well. Feel free to, you know, hit me up whenever you want. So this is, this is Eusebius to play you out. But at the outset, I must crave for my work the indulgence of the wise, for I confess that it is beyond my power to produce a perfect and complete history, and since I am the first to enter upon this subject, I am attempting to traverse it as it were a lonely and untrodden path. I pray that I may have God as my guide, and the power of the Lord as my aid, since I am unable to find even the bare footsteps of those who have traveled the way before me, except in brief fragments, in which some in one way, others in another, have transmitted to us particular accounts of the times in which they lived. From afar they raise their voices like torches, and they cry out as from some lofty and conspicuous watchtower, admonishing us where to walk and how to direct the course of our work steadily and safely. Having gathered, therefore, from the matters mentioned here and there by them, whatever we consider important for the present work, and having plucked like flowers from a meadow the appropriate passages from ancient writers, we shall endeavor to embody the whole in this historical narrative, content if we preserve the memory and lines of succession of the apostles of our Savior, if not indeed of all, yet of the most renowned of them in those churches that are most noted and which even to the present time are held in honor. Thank you once again for joining me. This has been the Golden Legend Podcast with Danny Collins.